previously on playing the Rube. Like, if Kyle Kendrick continues to put up pretty terrible numbers, like, what's the earliest you want to hook a pitcher on this roster? Well, you know, it's it's so hard to say because we don't have that much to fill in behind him. Yeah. So, you know, you go a little longer with it, and you hope that when Victorino comes back and when Ryan Howard starts hitting, that that some of that pressure is taken off the pitching. But right now, I mean, it's just it, we're suffering with these guys. Kyle Kendrick actually was out there for way too long. This has become a recurring theme. It's becoming a problem, actually. And I don't, I don't want to fire Charlie Manuel. <laughs> <laughs> Spring training continues for J-Hap. Oh, man. The Phillies lost 11-4 to today. Hap was hit. I, Hap did not make it out of the first inning, not because he was hit around, but because he got hurt. Did you wrong someone in your past? It's possible. You, I mean, I have to think about some things, but um, you know, there was a guy about six years ago, so maybe he's out to get us here. Does he know any spells? Because it's starting to feel like it. I'll check if my apartment's built on some sacred grounds of some kind. <laughs> Because I feel like we are cursed right now. Yeah, we might have to start thinking about who we're willing to part with at the major league level to get back guys that can help us right away or prospects that we're willing to bundle for uh, an impact player. Well, we'll see what happens next week because this could be the week that we determine whether we need to do something a little bit more um, uh, aggressive and and take some action with with this franchise a little bit more. Yeah, let's set those two series as the kind of litmus test that will determine our next step. Brad Lidge stretches. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of October 29th, 2008. Just days later, Ruben Amaro Jr. would be named general manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. But what if, months after that, Ruben left? That's where we come in. Two guys living in their houses in 2017 will attempt to simulate the 2009 Phillies in answering the eternal question, could two guys living in their houses in 2017 do better than Ruben Amaro Jr. with the Philadelphia Phillies? Welcome to Playing the Rube. Welcome, everybody, to Playing the Rube. I am Tim Malcolm, the editorial director of philliesnation.com, and with me is the KC to my JoJo, Dan Walsh. Hey, Dan. Hey, Tim. How are you doing? I'm well. Do you know that reference? No, I was just going to kind of roll with it. <laughs> I'm going to ask and you. Hope that no, I'm going to ask you every week whether you know the reference that I'm talking about. Yeah, I didn't prepare for any kind of quiz, and I was really hoping that that wouldn't catch me. But but it looks like it looks like it's caught up to me. Yeah, there's going to be a whole lot more of that where it came from. By the way, Casey and JoJo were a uh, R&B group from the '90s who had a hit single called "All My Life," and uh, they the the song "How Do You Want It" by Tupac has been in my head all day. And Casey and JoJo sing the hook. That's all I need to know. So there it is. Okay, yeah, there it is. That's enough. That's all I needed to know. Um, I don't know why I don't just Google these things as you say them. You know, we have Google at our disposal here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you you come off to be a smart guy who understands how to look things up. 
and yet <laughs> it's all an act. That's all it is. <laughs> all right. So the podcast we're doing, obviously, uh, Dan and I are posing as general manager and assistant general manager of the Phillies. We're doing it over out of the park baseball, 2018. And we are starting with the 2009 Phillies with the, uh, the aim of being better than Ruben Amaro jr. At being GM of the Phillies. So, um, we're hoping to win another World Series to keep the dream alive for a lot longer than just 2011. Those things seem to not be happening though right now because the Phillies are five and 14 and playing miserable baseball for the most part over April. Um, would you say this has been the worst possible outcome for our experiment so far? Pretty close to it. I mean, you said that we wanted to keep the dream alive, but really all that's happened is the nightmare started sooner. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> Um, and I'm drinking already. So. <laughs> I yeah, you. I mean, so our record is terrible. We have a bad injury history. Uh, we're kind of at a point where we, we need to start making some decisions soon. Yeah, and you talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And before we do that, let me just mention the podcast, by the way, is on iTunes. It's on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, and YouTube.com slash Phillies Nation. It's part of the Phillies Nation podcast suite, I'm calling it. So if you subscribe to the Phillies Nation podcast, which you should do on Apple Podcasts, just subscribe today, give it a five-star review, say yay, okay. And if you do that, you will also get this podcast. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, wait, I don't get the Phillies Nation podcast, I don't know how, but subscribe to the Phillies Nation podcast and you'll get both at the same time. It's fantastic. Uh, the team here that we have, uh, you mentioned a couple weeks ago on the show that – you asked, when is the point when we start to think about if things are going poorly, how we have to start change th changing things? You know, when do we want to start making bold moves or maybe look toward the future a little bit more, that kind of stuff? And I said, like, end of April, early May, if we have, like, five or six wins, that's probably a good indication. Um, I don't even think a win total is necessarily the best way to say whether it's good or bad. I mean, there are so many indicators. But here we are. It is now April twenty-seventh uh, and we are five and fourteen. So we're getting close to the month of April ending. We have one series left in April and then one more at the start of May. And I feel like this is kind of yeah, this is kind of the moment where depending on how things go over the next six games, we have the Nationals and then the Mets, so some pretty important teams here to play. Depending on how things go, I mean, we this could be sort of the beginning of, you know, a big change for a lot of parts of this team that maybe we weren't thinking of changing earlier on. Um, where's your head at right now, Dan? Well, what makes it so hard, too, is that this is a team that has so much talent on it. We still have, you know, prime Ryan Howard, prime Chase Utley. We have Jimmy Rollins in the mix still, you know, young 28-year-old Shane Victorino. So, um, and we have them for multiple years. So one of the things making this discussion more difficult for us is it's not like these guys, you know, they would be a rental for somebody else and we could, you know, we might as well get rid of them and kind of shuffle the deck with what we get back. It's like they'll be here next year. So if we if we trade them now, you know, when is our window of, of competing again, really? You know, so we might think about who we can afford to move to, to get more prospects, more pitching, I'm sure we'll talk about. But you know, do we want to hold on to all these guys and just try again next year? And maybe instead of entering a rebuild, do like a kind of retooling or revising. Yeah. I, I, and this is sort of, 
I think the problem that Ruben Amaro hit at a certain point. I mean, you're right. We have a young, youngish core. We have a core that is good, and they won a world championship last year in Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, Cole Hamels. I think those four, to me, are like the four here, right? So I wouldn't get rid of any of those guys. I feel like you have a core that is won already. You should try to win as much as possible with that core because it's established and we know what it is, and it's good. These four guys are basically playing well. Howard started out slow, but he's playing really well now. These four guys are playing great. Yeah, and so it's really our pitching has been the issue, and our bullpen is poor, and injuries haven't helped us at all either. Yeah, I mean, the pitching has been – so here's some, here's some stats just real quick. Offensively, we're fine. Runs scored 87. We're tied for fourth in the National League. Batting average 266, fifth in the National League. On base percentage 353, second in the National League. All good stuff. Runs against 123, dead last in the National League. Starter ERA 468, 13th in the National League. Bullpen ERA 807, it's last in the National League. I mean, absolutely atrocious from the pitching staff right now. So, Obviously, I think we know what the issue is with this team. It's not as if the offense is playing that bad. There are a couple guys who aren't at their best right now, but it's the pitching staff. And if we wanted to make some moves, and I think the next six days will help tell us that. But honestly, Dan, I think we kind of know already, like we have to make some adjustments in the pitching staff. Yeah, pitching is really where it has to happen. Our, you know, our, our offense is great, as you said. I'm perfectly content with that. But the issue is how do we improve our pitching without having to move any of those guys because we really don't have prospects to deal right now. This is a very barren farm system that we have almost up and down the entirety of it with a few with a few guys who are actually worth something. But, you know, with kind of how drained we are of prospects, those are guys that we're probably going to need to hold on to. So I did want to talk a little bit about um, some players that we could potentially deal if we felt that we needed to get a big upgrade, and I'll do that in a few minutes. I did want to get first to sort of business at hand with what's happening with the team. We could have an upgrade in the bullpen right now. Um, we just found out, I found out just today, that Chad Durbin is hurt. Um, okay. Got hurt in the last game against Florida, which was a 10-8 to win, uh, but he's out with elbow tendonitis, and it's a three-week injury, and elbow tendonitis, let's be honest, that could mean worse things down the line here um but three weeks so we can and durbin has been 11 17 era has been terrible this year so we can potentially shuffle some things around here in the bullpen right now if we wanted to and and the durbin injury kind of gives us that window yeah he won't be difficult to upgrade over we certainly weren't getting much out of him and the way he's rated within the game suggests that that's pretty much what we should have expected from him all along so if we could find someone to slide in there, were you thinking an outside hire or were you thinking uh, moving someone up from the minors? So that, this is the thing. I mean, I was looking at what we have right now in Lehigh Valley, and nobody's really stuck out as terrific, but we've had some good indicators, okay? Um, there are a couple guys, and in the minor league report, I actually sort of outlined a couple of these guys. But the names that kind of pop up to me are Steven Register, who has a 1.42 ERA, seven strikeouts, and four walks. Eh. His opponent batting average is 360. His uh, BABIP is 471. So he's getting hit around, and the BABIP might be higher, but he's getting hit around. 
Um, Jack Tashner, who was sort of a later kind of cut from spring training, four five zero ERA. He has ten strikeouts to one walk, and opponents are hitting just two oh six against him with a two twenty seven BABIP. So that's actually pretty decent. Um, and then Scott Matheson has a seven three six ERA, but he uh, has a twelve point three strikeout per nine. He has only he has five strikeouts in like three innings, and he had a good spring training strikeout wise. So it just to me says, oh, this guy can strike guys out. Now, to your point, this is Jack Tashner, Stephen Register, and Scott Matheson. These are guys who are basically twenties across the board uh, in this game. So you know. Are they going to give us what, like, a good reliever could give us? Or are they just stand-ins for Chad Durbin, who was terrible as well, you know? Yeah, it's pretty much just Chad Durbin again. And beyond that, even, it's the fact that these are small sample size. You know, noise and fluctuations can have, uh, you know, a grand effect on those numbers in, in such small samples. We're still in April. So it's hard to really rate them based on their stats rather than the scouting reports that determine the 20 ratings, you know. So so that K rate from Matheson, for example, sounds great, but it's also, you know, how many innings has he actually thrown? Yeah, and he's thrown three innings. And, I mean, look, his rating, he's got a 60 for stuff. He's got a 60 for stuff versus lefties. He's got 60 for stuff versus righties. But he's got a 25 in control, so this guy can't find the strike zone. Um, I feel like, and, you know, I'm gonna, I'll be honest, I take responsibility for Colby Lewis at some level uh, because we had an opportunity to pick him up at a higher price, and I feel like I sort of stifled that a little bit because I didn't want to put too much down for him in the early going, and now I feel like we're really missing that kind of arm in the rotation for one. So then he used Charlie Manuel as an excuse later on, but like we could have, I think, better pitchers at this point if we were more aggressive. So... Matheson, smoke and mirrors. Register, probably smoke and mirrors. Tashner, who knows? I don't want to necessarily gamble on these guys if we really need a fix right now in the bullpen. And nobody in this bullpen besides, like, Chanho Park has been worth it, which is sad. So I feel like we do need to look outside for something here. Yeah, I agree with that. We can start with the waiver wire and see if there, you know, somebody else's cast-offs might be at least an improvement over what we have, or uh, there's always, you know, free agency, or if we really want to get into kind of the thick of things, there's a trade also. Yeah, I mean, the waiver wire is empty right now, so that's part of the problem. Uh, Free agent-wise? And we should remember, too, that even in free agency, we could pick up a starter who's maybe better than the guys in our rotation, and so so takes the pressure off the bullpen just by being better um, and then, you know, going more innings and stuff like that, needing less relief innings, and also giving us the lecture of being able to bump one of those guys from a starting role to a relief role. So the best relief pitchers that are available right now, at least by overall rating, and the game is rating all these guys as relievers. I think some of them are starters. But the top guy is a 35-year-old relief pitcher, starting pitcher as well, Bartolo Colon. Who, oh, good. Yeah, so he, he's currently um, without a team, obviously. But in 2008, he was with the Boston organization, and he played independent or International League as well um, for Pawtucket. And with the Sox, he put up an ERA of 3.92 with Pawtucket 1.33 with a pretty decent strikeout-to-walk ratio. Um, didn't get a ton of time out there, you know, 
39 innings in, in the majors. He got over 100 innings, though, in Pawtucket. So he could be a starter. He could be a reliever. He's got a 30 for overall, 50 stuff, 45 movement, 45 control, 50 stuff on lefties, 50 stuff on righties, 65 stamina. He could be a starter. He could be a reliever, but he could be plugged in, and he's a former Cy Young Award winner, too. So he's someone that we could potentially just grab, I think, relatively quick here. Yeah, does it say that he's that he has a certain demand that he wants us to meet financially? He's looking for a minor league contract uh, with the guaranteed option that goes to $1.3 million. So that's not bad. No, it's really not. I mean, there's no such thing as a bad minor league contract, really, for, for guys like, you know, Cologne and, and guys who have major league experience. $1.3 I don't know, it's funny because we, we fussed over the, the million dollars that Colby Lewis wanted and then the $2 million or whatever it was that we eventually got up to, we fussed over it, even though the game really likes him. The game was rating him, you know, his rating was the same as Cole Hamill's rating, I think, or maybe even higher. Yeah, and, and you know, the thing, though, I don't want to use Colby Lewis as a as a example here because I feel like I did, like, not go harder for Colby Lewis, and maybe it was my trepidation in the early going here. But we are definitely at a place, and we could let the next six days go and see what happens. But I also feel like we have an opportunity with Durbin's injury to just bring in somebody who we feel much more confident about. So we should go hard if we if we feel like we want to here. Yeah, and I don't mention Lewis as, you know, setting a standard for what we're willing to pay as much as just a reminder of how sometimes you have to spend money, you know, and, and that I think was a mistake by not being more aggressive for him. So I think that we should be a little more flexible in how we're solving our problems in what we're willing to spend, you know, in how we shape our roster. And maybe Cologne is an opportunity to do that. Yeah. So the scouting report on him, summary below average uh, stuff, mid grade pitches in his arsenal movement gives up a lot of home runs and most of them come on his flat change up. Control command is a still a work in progress and will determine his ultimate role. He's 35. I don't know about that. Personality makeup. Bartolo is a go-getter. I think that's about right. Um, you know, I mean, they're they're kind of giving us some cold water, but, you know, he seems like he's a better option than half the things we have right now in the pen. Yeah, what was his overall rating? Sorry, you were kind of splitting up for a second there. What was his overall? It's a 30. Okay, so not fantastic, but an improvement over the straight 20s that we have. And he still has a potential to have a 70 control. It's a 45 right now, which is kind of amazing. But I think also Bartolo was kind of out of, uh, you know, regular usage for a while there in the last couple of years. So he actually still has some innings on him, I think, in this later part of his career. Yes, yeah, so with Bartolo Colon, I don't remember, you know, exactly which part of his career, uh, which part of his career it happened in. But at some point, he transitioned into being more of a finesse pitcher, you know, being able to hit his spots, avoiding walks as much as possible. So, um, depending on what year that actually happened to him, you know, in in real life, um, that might be evident in his like potential ratings within this game. Also, if that was, you know, something that people were picking up on as early as 2009. Well, in 2000 with Cleveland, he had a walk rate of 4.7 per nine. And in 2001 with Cleveland, 3.6 walk rating. It dramatically decreased as the years went on, whereas, you know, 2008 with Boston, 2.3 with Pawtucket, 1. With, uh, in 2007 in the majors, a 2.6. In the minors, a 1.8. So, yeah, definitely much more uh, commanding. 
And uh, the strikeouts have gone down a little bit, but not so much that it's a big problem. Uh, I think he's sort of a finesse guy now at this point and can get a lot of, you know, tough, you know, bad hit ball outs, right? So I, I'm, I'm, I feel like why not give him, you know, a, an offer here? I, I almost like I don't want to play around here with – and everybody else, by the way, on the free agent list um, – the other kind of big guys include, I believe, Mike Hampton is uh, still out there, and I think he's still getting paid a bunch of money from Colorado or whatever. Or and uh, Ronnie Acevedo, Ron Mahay, you know, there's nobody really of tremendous note, you know, otherwise here. Yeah, and I remember before the season started, we were also looking at Pedro Martinez, but he was picked up by somebody, right? I forget who it was. Boston grabbed him again, but he they put him on waivers, so I think he's somewhere else now at this point. Okay. Yeah, it could be because he, he would have been an option, but it doesn't surprise me that he was picked up because he was like an overall rating of like 45 or something, which is, you know, slightly below average, but still very serviceable out of your pen or, or maybe as a back end starter. So, um, so yeah, Cologne sounds like our best option right now. All right. So let's, let's offer him a contract. Um, I think I'm ready for that. But before we do that, um, are we offering him a major league contract? Because if we do that, we have to take someone off the 40 man roster. Oh, yeah. Should we, I don't know, should we start with the minor league and, and work on that part later? Um, actually, we have 39 on the 40-man roster. I spoke too soon. Um, okay. All right. Well, that's very easy then. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we could put him on the, if we, if we put him in the minors first, we have to bring someone up. So it would either be Scott Matheson or Steven Register or Jack Tashner. Do you feel comfortable about that? Um, you know, not super comfortable, obviously. We could do it if we had to for like a week, but it's not like you're going to learn anything significant about Cologne in a week either. So maybe we're better off just just sending him straight to straight to Citizens Bank Park. Okay, all right. Let, let's offer him the contract. I'm I'm cool with that. Um, I would say we offer him a guaranteed for maybe like a million. I think he might be able to take that. Yeah, we could start our conversation there at least. And he did get another offer from the Marlins, but it seems like they were offering him the minor league deal with a guaranteed uh, after promotion. So we right now have the best offer. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, that puts us in a pretty good position then with him. Okay, meanwhile, you know, with the Durban injury, it also – we still have a bad bullpen. Um, just looking – just giving you just flat numbers here. Scott Ayer has an ERA of 15.88. Zagurski has a 5.63, Condry has a 9.39, Madsen has a 5.40, and Lidge has an 8. Uh, Channel Park is the only reliever with an ERA under 5. It's at 4.76. So, um, you know, it's not good. I will say there are some indicators that those numbers are inflated in some senses. Uh, Ryan Madsen... Uh, his FIP is a 3.74, and he's got a pretty good strikeout ratio right now of 12.6 per nine. Um, and otherwise, uh, that's about it. I mean, everybody else is still pretty lousy. So do we want to make any other moves here? I mean, I think the only place where we could really make a move is like Zagurski or Clay Condry or Scott Ayer. I think those are the three that sort of stick out to me. Yeah, I mean, we could... We could send one of those guys down, but then who do you call up that's any better? Yeah, I mean, we're, again, talking about Register, Tashner, and... and yeah, exactly. Madison. So, yeah, it's, it's, you know, 
I, I think we need to see more from one of those guys before we make that move. Yeah, and we could also, I mean, remember, we're keeping our eyes on Eric Hurley, who, again, is the youngin that we signed as a free agent. He's, he's 23, and we signed him as a free agent to send to Lehigh Valley. One possibility is maybe we could convert him to a reliever if, you know, if we think that, that that would work for him. But, again, maybe, you know, maybe not yet, but it's something to consider if we're still so desperate later on. That's true. Uh, he has a 13 to 9 strikeout to walk ratio, which I'd like to see the walks decrease a little bit and see those strikeouts come up. Uh, but he's got pretty decent numbers so far, so that's something to think about for sure. Um, he's also only 23, so if there is a starter potential in there, I don't want to waste it. But, you know, we have an option there. Um, with that, though, I think we should kind of go into the minor league report, talk a little bit about some of the guys who are doing things on the farm. What do you say? Yep, let's do it. All right. So, starting in Lehigh Valley and in the pitching staff, why don't we just stay there right now? And I had talked about, actually, I uh, outlined the one guy was uh, Stephen Register, uh, who currently, as I call him up, there he is. Currently, Register has, as I said, six innings. He has seven strikeouts and four walks, a 1-4-2 ERA, but the FIP is a 504. Um, so again, smoke and mirrors, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in Steven register long-term. He's having a nice little start. It's only six innings. So that's, that's that for him. Uh, and then the other pitcher that I outlined was Tashner who, uh, has 10 innings under his belt and a 10 to one strikeout to walk. He has an ERA of 4.5 and funny enough, his FIP is also 4.5. So I'm a little more intrigued about him. His whip is under one, his opponent batting average and Babbitt are pretty low, uh, I like what he's doing so far, and I think that's the one guy in this Lehigh Valley bullpen that I actually trust at this point. Yeah, what's helping his FIP out is that he's he, he's not walking anyone. He's averaging less than one walk per nine innings, so so that's really good too, especially for a reliever. You don't want him to be you know letting any extra runners on base late in the game. Yeah, his big bugaboo at this point is he's given up two home runs in his 10 innings so far, so he's got a problem with the long ball. We'll see if that continues, but... Something to look at, at least, uh, for the future uh, as we kind of assess this bullpen. Going over to the hitters, two guys in particular, uh, last week I talked about um, John Mayberry Jr. and how well he was playing. Well, it continues. He has a 284 batting average, a 351 OBP, and a 716 slugging percentage. He has eight home runs and 19 runs batted in, five doubles, and an ISO of 433. Um, and then the other guy uh, that I wanted to talk about is Jason Donald, who has a 316 average and a 371 OBP, a 404 slug. He has a home run, two doubles, mostly a bunch of singles, uh, 18 hits, and I think 15 of them are singles. But he's definitely putting the bat on the ball at this point of the season, which is good to see. Um, Mayberry. I Jason Worth has not been very good to start the year, uh, but his OBP is actually over 300. So I think it's just right now small sample size and just him starting to kind of get himself going. But what do we want out of John Mayberry Jr.? How far do we do we want to take this? If he continues to hit at this sort of pace, when does he get called up in your mind? I think, honestly, as soon as there's someone who warrants being sent down um, – and maybe that's thinking of it backwards. I'm not sure. It's just that his actual ratings aren't super high. Um, I liked, 
even in, you know, our real world or, or like we're calling it like our dream world or prophecy or whatever, uh, he was very good against left-handed pitching for a long time. So if we called him up, maybe we could get him some at-bats against lefties. Um, you know, if he keeps this up for, I don't know, another few weeks here, because it's only been, he's only had 67 at-bats. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he's definitely the guy to keep an eye on as our, you know, maybe future fourth outfielder who gets a few starts every now and then. Yeah, funny enough, Mayberry has only had five at-bats against left-handers at this point. That's crazy. <laughs> He's hitting 400. He's two for five with a home run. So there you go. <laughs> but... <laughs> so he's doing a lot of damage against righties, which is awesome because he's a righty himself. Uh, 274 with a 348 OBP and 694 slug. Those are good numbers uh, against right-handed pitching. So, yeah, I think I mean I think you're right. You know, we don't want to call him up because he's playing well because his ratings aren't very high and we're you know who knows how much of fast start this just is right now. But yeah, if you know, let's say Brian Stavisky flames out or something and we feel like. You know, Jason Worth isn't playing as hot as we wanted him to. Maybe Mayberry comes in and does like a platoon thing or, you know, a half roll or something like that with, with Worth or something. I don't know. But something to think about, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Or even um, with, I mean, we still have, uh, we have Raul Abanez there, you know, and Mayberry, I'm sure, is a better defender than him, you know, or maybe could be a, in a platoon split with him or, you know, we, we could figure something out if we really had to. And over in the uh, hitting uh, ranks in Reading, Lou Marson, who started out very slow, we talked about him last week, has picked it up completely in 11 games, 50 plate appearances. He's hitting 310 with a 420 on base percentage, 524 slug, 214 ISO, two home runs, three doubles, eight walks to four strikeouts, Dan. Uh, looks like Lou Marson is starting to make himself uh, – uh, wanting to move up to Lehigh Valley maybe. I mean, he's been in Reading for a while now. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the guys that we have in Lehigh Valley are just, they're not prospects, right? We have Paul Hoover and Paul Baca. We have the two Pauls there. So right. those guys are definitely great as, you know, just kind of guys who can sit there in Lehigh Valley and call them up if we need to, if some, you know, if Costa Ruiz get hurt. But it would be nice to be able to have a prospect actually at AAA also instead. And honestly, I think we're destined in Lehigh Valley to have a catching uh, one and two of Lou Paul. <laughs> I think that's that's good, right? That sounds good to me. Lou Paul's backstop race I <laughs> just fell apart right there. It did. Uh, yeah, you can't you can't force these things. That's right. Clearwater is our only minor league team with a winning record everybody else is not terrible they're all like seven and eight or six and seven or something like that but Clearwater's nine and four and uh all 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 across the board playing well but pitching wise the one guy I wanted to outline is uh, Justin DeFreitas who's closer down there right now he's six innings so very small sample but he has 12 strikeouts in those six innings with one walk uh, opponents are hitting one uh, excuse me oh five oh against him so under 100 against him with a 125 BABIP. Uh, looks like he's having a really nice start to the season. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily jump him up a couple levels that quickly. He's only 21 years old, but it's good to see someone in the relief ranks doing this kind of thing right now. Yeah, he's allowed a hit, one hit this season. I mean, I realize that it's less than nine innings of work still, but it's still, you know, it's still good. And, um, yeah, so I wouldn't, obviously, we wouldn't leap him up to the big leagues, but, you know, he might be able to accelerate through the minors a little more quickly than a position player would. 
the one hitter I wanted to uh, focus on in Lakewood, who's having a really good start to the year, is a first baseman, Darren Ruff. He's hitting 343 with a 443 OBP, 567 slug. Uh, his ISO is 224. He's got two homers, seven doubles in the early going, and a triple in 79 plate appearances. Darren Ruff sounds like someone that maybe could make the majors one day. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it'd be nice to if he had a breakout year before he was 26 and in double A. Like, for example. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to see a guy, you know, break out that quickly. And then everybody clamors for him, you know, because they think he's really good in the prospect. But the truth is he's like 26 or 27, and yet people don't understand that. And then he has five years in the major leagues where he hits like 150 or 200, and people still think, when is he going to break out? But he never breaks out, and then you trade him, and then what happens? He goes to Japan. So you never really had a good player to begin with. Is it Japan? I thought it was Korea. I almost finished that perfectly, man. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It probably was Korea. Um, but we're not talking about who, I don't know, I, just, you know, example, you know, like a guy. That's right, hypothetically. Japan, you know? Yes, hypothetically. Yeah, that a guy who goes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad racking on him because he seems like such a lovely person, but still, just like the, the kind of conversations around him got very repetitive. Very repetitive. And by the way, Derek Mitchell in Lakewood, who we talked about last week, uh, he's hitting 379 with a 788 slug. He has seven home runs right now in uh, his 74 plate appearances, along with six doubles. So Derek Mitchell's like, he might be the first one to go up. We talked about at maybe 100 plate appearances bringing him up to Clearwater, and it looks like he's about to hit that after this week. He might have to go up to Clearwater. So good news. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad there's good news somewhere in our system. That's right. Um, so why don't we talk about philliesnation.com real quick before we get into the games uh, philliesnation.com is your place for Philly's news, information, rumors, much more. We are talking about some crazy things at the site, uh, including Giancarlo Stanton. This will come out after the trade deadline, so maybe we have Giancarlo Stanton now. We probably don't, but what could it take to get Giancarlo Stanton on the Phillies? You can find that out at philliesnation.com. You can also uh, get some really good stuff about Aaron Nola, who's pitching tremendously right now. You listen to the Phillies Nation podcast, and you'll hear about what he's doing to be a better pitcher than he was last year, when, of course, his elbow went out, and even earlier in the 2017 season when he was having some trouble. Uh, he's made a great leap. And again, this podcast will come out later on in the month of July so or even August, so potentially he could be terrible again. We don't know, but that's what you'll get at philliesnation.com. It'll be stuff that was definitely of the moment when it came out. Now, maybe not so much, but it's always updated. So you'll get stuff every day. Plus, on our Twitter, at Phillies Nation, you'll get awesome GIFs, GIFs, whatever you want to call them, plus game updates and a lot of arguing about the Phillies. And our Instagram, at Phillies Nation underscore. Check it out for photos from games. We go to Lehigh Valley a lot. We go to Reading, not just to Philadelphia. Uh, Phillies, fans in the wild, tailgates, good stuff like that. And we're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Phillies Nation. Our podcast, the Phillies Nation podcast, comes out on Monday. Listen, listen, listen. philliesnation.com is your place for Phillies news, information, opinion, rumors, and much more. All right, Dan. So I wanted to talk really quick about the outfield, but I think we kind of did with the sort of Mayberry stuff. Um, You know, the only thing that I wanted to say is that if there was a player that we could potentially trade on this team – that could get us good pitching and we don't have to trade a prospect, I think Jason Worth might be that person. Yeah, I think you're right. He He's only making $2 million this year, I think. 
Um, he's got two years left on his contract. He's very well-rounded player. Um, and, uh, and so a lot of teams would, uh, be interested in adding him if at all possible. And he's also the only player that we've gotten like a serious kind of splashy trade offer for. Yeah. So I, I would just keep it in mind. I mean, he, right now his value is not low, but he's playing his, his like average is down right now. It's only at 181. It's not a big deal, but you know, we want to keep an eye on if we are at a place where we need a pitcher and Worth is playing relatively well. Maybe that's someone we dangle. Um, we'd have to figure out how the outfield will work after that, and maybe we bring in somebody on a very low deal or something, or maybe we get back an outfielder in a Worth deal. But, yeah, something to think about. And it depends, um, too, on what our mentality is when we're, when we're making that trade. You know, are we moving him because we need a pitcher right away, and you know, to – stay competitive or become competitive or are we trading him so that we add players who will be valuable next year because if that's the case then maybe you do bring up john mayberry and he's not as good as jason worth but if we're not trying to make the playoffs anymore then that's less important yeah no that that's a good point that's a really good point i mean i I don't want to let go of being competitive for the playoffs until like we really know we are right you know if we're if we're 15 out in early July, I think that's probably an indication. Otherwise, like we could still be in it because of the way this team plays late in the season. So I don't want to necessarily make moves that kind of say, okay, we're rebuilding just for a second even. Um, I want to I want to try to balance it as much as I can, which is what Ruben Amaro tried to do a little bit and really didn't. So it's it's a tough decision to make, but I think we're going to have to be very careful as we go along here. And you know what helps us too is the way the Mets play late in the season. Whoops. Whoops. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't we're about to play them in a couple. I didn't mean though. to, I didn't mean to bring up bad memories for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So why don't we get into this? Uh, we're at home for three games. We got the nationals, the first place Washington nationals. That's a weird thing to say in 2009, uh, especially when the nationals are throwing at us. Scott Olson who has a 6.0 ERA. But we have Kyle Kendrick, who also has a 6.0 ERA. So <laughs> it's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be a slugfest. All right, here we go. And it's a 10-4 to 4 win. Nice. So not only did we score a lot of runs, but we didn't give up a kind of terrible amount of runs, right? So a lot of our games so far, I feel like, uh, just like off the top of my head, I feel like we're winning like 13 to 11, 10 to 8, where even when we do win, we're still giving up way too many runs. So this is nice. 10 to 4, that's nice. That's a lot better. Kendrick went 6 and a third. He gave up three runs, uh, four, excuse me, eight hits, two strikeouts, and two walks, which to me, it's like, that's his. If, if Kendrick does that, I'm kind of okay with that. Um, Conjury pitched two thirds of an inning, didn't give up anything, which is good. And then Madsen went two and gave up uh, one hit and three strikeouts. So good to see that. But the big story in this one, maybe because I just talked about him, Jason Worth had two home runs in this one. There you go. See, this 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 lineup would be so much more dynamic with um, with Jason Worth hitting like that. Yeah, he's, he's at 197 for the season, but the home runs give him five for the year, which by uh, April 28th is pretty pretty decent. So... Good to see him uh, continue to do that. All right. Um, no news out of the manager's office, general manager's office, so we're going to continue on here um, and play the next game. It'll be John Lannon, who has a 1-8-4 ERA for the Nationals 
against R. Cole Hamels, who has a 1-4-4 ERA. So hopefully we get a nice uh, low-scoring win here. Was this – so you'll have to remind me of the timeline. Was this before or after he John Lennon hit Chase Utley and broke his hand? John Lennon hit Chase Utley in 2007, which was the That's injury right. that put him on the shelf and brought in Tadahito Iguchi. Uh, so the memories are still sort of fresh. Ugh, I hate him. Well, I mean, we in, in 2009, we I did. Him. Now I'm, we beat him. Good, 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 good. Five to four, and this one was a comeback win. Two runs in the ninth to win it. And in the ninth inning, Carlos Ruiz hit a two-run walk-off home run. Wow. Feisty in April. Feisty. Yeah, that's that's some drama. This team, though, they're not going down without a fight. That's good. Howard three for four with a uh, home run in this one. Um, excuse me. Is it two home runs in the two home runs for Ryan Howard in this one, which is awesome. And Hamels, Hamels only went two and a third and gave up just four hits. So we're we're gonna something happen here. Yeah, that's not good. It's not good. Really can't afford to lose him. Yeah, right now there is an injury, and the diagnosis is pending. Ugh. And at the same time, we have an injury to Mike Zagurski, so I didn't bury well. the lead there. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, we have a few injuries right now to to, to kind of get through. Um, Lehigh Valley also has an injury to Andy Tracy, who has been hitting the ball pretty well there, although he's cooled off the last couple of days. He's still uh, 357 on base percentage early on, but he's going to be out with knee tendonitis for about a week. I don't want to necessarily risk him, so I might put him on the DL. Yeah, and that's not that doesn't affect us too much, but it's still you know he was still a guy who was you know like a quadruple A quality player. Um, so you know if one of the big league guys gets hurt, he's there to kind of take their space. But um, you know, so you don't want to see him getting hurt. But uh, but yeah, that's not too bad of an injury. So the interesting thing is because he's out and he's a first baseman in Lehigh Valley, we don't have anybody to back him up at first base. And right now the Lehigh Valley uh, offense is sort of hamstrung. Um, I'm going to take a look really quick at who can play first in Lehigh Valley because if there is nobody who plays first, we might have to go down a little bit the ranks to find somebody. And we do have two very good uh, first baseman in Clearwater right now who might, we could bring him up two levels potentially, but just taking a look at who can play first base. Okay, so a few guys can. Uh, one of them is Neil Sellers. Kevin Mahar can play first base. So what is your, just really quick, do you want to bring anybody up from Clearwater or would you rather just go a couple of days with sort of a, uh, a skeleton crew in Lehigh Valley? Yeah, personally I would suggest just kind of waiting it out because the I think that the biggest leap in the minors, like based on you know the opinions of writers who follow prospects, uh, you know, kind of for their job. Uh, my understanding is that the biggest leap in difficulty is between Clearwater and or you know between A and Double A. So to skip Double A entirely seems um, like just kind of setting them up to really struggle. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So I'm going to uh, just change the lineup there. And it looks like uh, John Mayberry Jr. has been suggested to play first base, which is fine. And DH will go to Neil Sellers. So uh, that's not that's, that's actually totally fine. And Mayberry plays a competent first base, so that's good. Um, so we have the Zagurski injury, diagnosis pending. 
Hamels is out, diagnosis pending, and we'll just finish off the day here and see if anything new happens. Yeah, we're waiting on Hamels, and we're waiting on Zagurski. Um, so right now, we have an active roster of 24 because Durbin's still hurt. We did just get a message from Bartolo Colon, and we have him. He signed. There you go. All right, so that's good. So he can just slot right in. Yeah. Do we want to make a move with at least Zagurski for the moment and have a full bullpen, or do you are you okay with a six-manner? We have an off day tomorrow. We have one more game against Washington today. We have an off day tomorrow. If we have an off day, I think it's okay to just to just you know give it a day, take a beat, see what happens. Okay. So we'll put Bartolo in the major league roster, and he's on the forty man. God, I hope Hamels isn't hurt for that long. We are seconds away from our best pitcher being Bartolo Colon. <laughs> don't you just feel that happening? I don't. I, God, I hope not. <laughs> God, I hope not. Um, so funny enough, I asked Charlie Manuel to change the change up the pitching staff just to reflect the new changes, and he put Bartolo Colon in the staff and put Kyle Kendrick in the bullpen. Hmm. Which I'm okay with, to be honest. Yeah, um, I don't feel very strongly about it, honestly. Um, I guess that if we really wanted to, we can look really closely at their stats and their ratings and see, you know, who has better control, who uh, has better stamina, who gets fewer guys on base or whatever. But I also, you know, like I said, I don't feel super strongly about it. Yeah, same here. So, all right, let, let's go to the next day here. We're playing the Nationals. Final game of the three-gamer. We can sweep here, which is awesome. And it is J.D. Martin for the Nationals with a 6.62 ERA, and we have Joe Blanton with a 5.40 ERA. So hopefully Blanton can rebound here, get a nice uh, start, and maybe we can win this series here with a sweep. That would be nice. I, I miss those days of just feeling like we could sweep anybody. We were rained out. Oh. It's not a kick in the mud. <laughs> yeah. Let's just call it a sweep then. Yeah, totally a sweep. We actually swept him. Congratulations, Phils. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, good news. Hamels, day-to-day for five days. Sore shoulder. Okay, all right. So he could always just miss a start if he had to, especially with the off day. Yep. In there. Um, and if he can avoid the DL, I will, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'll do, but I'll be very happy. Yeah. Um, thank goodness. Um, so it'll be – and, in fact, because we had the rain delay – or the rain out, that is, Blanton throws. So there'll be the off day. Blanton will throw against the the Mets, and then it'll be Myers and uh, Cologne, I guess. And then against St. Louis, it'll be Lopez, and then Hamill should be back for the last game of that series. He won't probably won't have to miss a start at all. All right, perfect. Whew, we avoided that one. Man. Well, you know, sometimes things have to break your way, and I think that plenty of things have broken not our way that we earned some good favor here. Okay, so we're 7-14, and 14, playing a little bit better right now, which is good. We've had some good offensive uh, performances recently, uh, and now we have the Mets. So uh, coming up on this three-gamer, we have an off day today. I'm going to go through it. We'll see what happens. Maybe we'll get a final word on Zagurski. Let's see. I don't know if we have something on Zagurski. We're still pending. Okay. So the MRI techs are still on vacation, it seems. 
That's nice. They deserve some time off, too. <laughs> uh, okay, so the April award winners have been selected since April is now finished. Joey Votto has been named the player of the month in the National League. A young Joey Votto, as you said. Uh, he's <laughs> 33 with six home runs and 18 RBI in the month of April. So how about that for the Reds? He's going to be something someday, that Joey Votto. Uh, Justin Verlander, 26-year-old from the Tigers, has been named Pitcher of the Month in the American League. And the NL Pitcher of the Month is not Cole Hamels, but Jake Peavy, who had a 1-3-8 ERA and a 4-1 record. So it seems like wins and losses still matter in 2009. I, to, to too many people, they still matter today. But really the issue would be, could you imagine if Colby Lewis won that honor? <laughs> <laughs> No, it wouldn't be fun for us, would it? <laughs> no, it wouldn't be my favorite thing. I should acquire a Colby Lewis, uh, uh, a, what do you call it, doll. Um, a voodoo, voodoo doll. doll. Voodoo doll, yeah, yeah. By the way, our attendance is down 24% from last year, just FYI. All right, well, we'll work on that. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're playing the Mets. You ready to play the Mets? I'm ready to play the Mets. We have Joe Blanton on the hill, 5-4-0 ERA, going up against John Main, who's making his first start of the season. He must be coming back from an injury. John Main, good good Mets pitcher, right? <laughs> sure. I mean, he was in 2008. Yeah. Well, things backfired for us because we made fun of John Main. We lost 9-1. to We need to learn to stop making fun of people, I think. I think that we might learn important life lessons from this project. <laughs> Uh, we just uh, just found out that Kevin Angel, who is a starting pitcher in Lakewood, is hurt for some period of time. Not sure yet. So another one that we have to keep an eye out for there. Um, keep losing guys in all the levels. Uh, the 9-1 to loss was not pretty at all. The only run in this game coming from a Jason Worth home run. So at least he's hitting right now. Um, otherwise, Blanton gave up six runs, two of them earned in six innings. Uh, there was one error in this game on Chase Utley, so I'm not sure if that was – I don't know how that worked out, but uh, six runs given up, two earned. And Kendrick uh, pitched an inning of scoreless relief. Condry gave up a run in an inning. And Lidge gave up two in an inning, three walks. He's got an ERA of nine. Um how do we feel about Brad Lidge here? Because right now he's starting out really, really terribly. Yeah, it's problematic. Um, he did, I mean, in in real world, have a very rough 2009. Um, but unlike, you know, when we were spectators, we kind of have some control over what happens to Brad Lidge now. And um, I don't know. I mean, is he still being used in the closer role? Yeah, Charlie still has him there. So I'm wondering if we can convince him to change that at least and then, you know, kind of keep our fingers on the pulse of, of whether he actually improves or not. Yeah. Um, I, I think we need to be very judicious because I think Charlie's going to keep him at closer for as long as he's there, probably. For as um, long as he really did in real life? Yes. <laughs> he, is, he is Charlie Manuel, uh, yeah. AI or not. Um, all right, so we got. A, I just got a message from Rodrigo Lopez. Interesting. Um, he would love an extension from us. That's what he's asking. He, he would love an extension. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's he's making four hundred thousand dollars this year, the league minimum basically, and he's a free agent after this year. Uh, currently, he has. Let's see here. O and O record with a four two six ERA, six strikeouts, and a walk. 
you know, he's been okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, does he want to make the league minimum again? Because then, <laughs> sure. I mean, it's something to keep out, keep keep our eye on, just because he's a 35 overall, 35 potential, and he is a starter, and we don't have many good starters right now. So, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think that he's, you know, worthy of an extension right now. But if he plays well, we'll see what happens. Um, okay, let's get into the second game of the Mets series. We're playing Mike Pelfrey, who has a 6.75 ERA, and we have Brett Myers on the hill, 6.04. So yet again, something Dan has to give. Yeah, I mean, you'd think that maybe one of these guys might have a decent start, but I shouldn't speak too soon. Well, I think they both did. However, we came up on the wrong end again, a 3-1 to one loss to the Mets. I just came very close to saying a lot of words that we don't normally say on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> normally, we're very family-friendly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not great. I was really hoping to take this series from the Mets. Yeah, and that's not going to happen now. Myers gave up... Uh, two runs in six and two-thirds. He struck out six, but he walked seven. Wow. Yikes. And Scott Ayer uh, and Ryan Madsen both pitched relief. Uh, Chase Utley went two for three. A couple doubles in this one. One from Utley. Worth with, I mean, a very, very crappy offensive showing here. So the offense is kind of silenced here in the last couple of days here against the Mets. Yeah, you know, that, that ace, Mike Pelfrey, Really quieted our bats today. Yeah. All right, so we have a couple bits of news here that I have to get to. Uh, some really interesting things. A, now, okay, so we have to probably do something here. Scott Ayer got hurt in his start, or excuse me, in his appearance, and he's going to be out for what looks like six days. Um, it's a moderate day-to-day injury, but, you know, again, we don't want to probably take our chances. Um, and Zagurski we still don't know what his injury is. So I, I oh. think we're at a point here where someone has to give at least one person here. Um, we're now with basically five guys in the pen, and that really can't hold now. No, especially with as, as terrible as most of these guys are. You don't want them to be out there any longer than they absolutely have to be. So I definitely think Zagurski can go on the DL. He's been out now for, I think, like five days, and he can be retroactively placed. So if we put him on the DL, we'd have to bring someone up from Lehigh Valley. Uh, and then Scott Ayer, we can make a decision on. If he's out for six days, I don't want to necessarily keep him in the roster and have the bullpen be short still. Yeah, that's fine. And then it's just a question of, you know, are we just kind of slotting in the uh, the – I don't want to say anything too mean about any of these guys, but, you know, the uh, mediocre players <laughs> in the in, – <laughs> In uh, Lehigh Valley, you know, your Tashner and your uh, Register. Yeah. Matheson, maybe. Yeah, I mean, okay, so let's let's look at Lehigh Valley real quick, and let's see if anything's changed with some of these guys, and if we have a little bit more of a sample here. Um, so Register has nine innings under his belt, and, oh, look at that. He has a five ERA. <laughs> seven, seven strikeouts to four walks. He's given up uh, 19 hits in nine innings. Wow. So probably not. <laughs> yeah, not not him. Ne- next, please. Tashner in 13 innings has now a 4.85 ERA. Um, his FIP is 4.49. 12 strikeouts to three walks. He's given up 10 hits in 13 innings. Definitely more acceptable than uh, Mr. Register. It is, and he will fit right in with the other guys in our in our bullpen, won't he? <laughs> with, with performances like that, certainly will. So, do you want to bring? J- I, I would assume that Jack Tashner's your guy. I think so. I mean, you know, 
I, I don't think that there's an argument to be made to, to, to bring up register over him. Yeah. Now, again, we're going to run into a problem because now we have, again, a full 40-man roster. Uh, and uh, Tashner's not on it. So what do we do? Um, Matheson is on it. I should have gone here first. Matheson is on it. Um, so we also have Sergio Escalona on the 40-man roster who has a 15.63 ERA. He's 24, um, so there's a reason to put him on the 40. He was probably going to be exposed to the Rule 5. And there is, I guess, a little bit of interest in him, but he's only a, I think a 20 um, in overall. So I am totally fine with putting him on waivers and seeing what happens here. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that he would he would make it through and 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 still stick with our club. He just wouldn't be on the forty man anymore. Okay, so let's put him in waivers and designate him. Yeah, his I mean his rating is super low and he's done really poorly. So it's hard to imagine that the team would actually pick pick him up. And Jack Tashner will go into the major league roster and the forty man. Congratulations, Jack. And we still have one spot to fill. Um, I don't know, Josh Shortsleff? I don't know. I feel like Matheson's your guy. Yeah, he might as well be. There's not a lot to distinguish between any of these guys, and he's the one that would be the like, the least paperwork for us. And there's one thing I hate in the world is paperwork, so I'm good with that. Well, you're an assistant general manager, so you probably should like it at some point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I actually got this job. All right, so Charlie Manuel has Tashner in the middle relief, and he put Matheson as the long reliever, which I guess is fine. Um, I don't mind if that's the setup right now. Um, I, I kind of wish that 8.68 ERA Clay Condry was not a middle reliever, but that's okay. Whatever. Do what you got to do, Charlie. So the Lehigh Valley roster at this point has only 22 players on it. We should probably make a change or two just to make sure that they have a stacked bullpen as well because at this point they have four guys or five guys in the bullpen. So... Of who is right now in Reading and looks relatively decent, Monasterios, as we, as we talked about, uh, has a 2.45 ERA, nine strikeouts, three walks. He's 23 years old, 20 overall, but he's pitched the best of anyone in that bullpen. How about him? Yeah, that makes the most sense. I think that's the easiest transition. And now they have 23 men. Um, I almost feel because we do need some sort of a reliever somewhere along the line, we should probably pick up somebody who can uh, maybe play in AAA and um, give us a little bit more of a performance than what we have currently. So I wouldn't mind maybe next week looking at the free agent list again. Yeah, if nothing else for organizational depth, you know, just guys to have on these rosters. Also, one other injury I forgot to mention in the beginning, and I apologize for that, but Tyler Walker is out, too. So another reliever in Lehigh Valley, out. Um, so it's not looking good there right now, let's just say. Yeah, it's really not. It's like everybody who, who steps on the mound gets hurt. And you can't even, I mean, we could blame, maybe we could blame Charlie Manuel for some of them, but only the guys in the majors. Just looking at your Lehigh Valley bullpen right now, it's five men deep. Um, we can go one day with a five-man bullpen in Lehigh Valley, but I think we have to start next week with uh, a really quick signing of some sort. Yeah, I think so, and some shuffling around of bullpen guys. That's the best part of this podcast is shuffling around bullpen. I know it is. I know everybody. <laughs> whenever whenever people see it downloading in their in their podcast app, they're like, "Can I just skip to the roster shuffling of the minor leaguers?" Especially that would be 
phenomenal. Actually, before we even finish with this, and we we could do this right now, the waiver wire has a couple relievers on it. Do we want to talk about them? It depends who they are. Jason Bolger, 30 years old. He is an overall 25. He has a 65 for stuff, 40 for movement, 30 for control. He's got a 96-mile-per-hour fastball, uh, 0.63 ERA last year at the Pacific Coast League, uh, 75 strikeouts and 22 walks. For the Angels this year, 8.25 ERA with 10 strikeouts and 10 walks, which isn't as bad as most of our pitchers. So he's an option. The other one is Radamus Liz, who was in the Baltimore organization. He had a 5.93 ERA for them this year in just four games, but he's a 30 overall, 55 stuff, 45 movement, 45 control. Looks like he'd be the best, like, you know, the best sort of pound-for-pound pound bet. 93 on the fastball. Last year in uh, in the Independent League, 85 strikeouts and 32 walks, 3.62 ERA. Liz and Bulger are both options here, and and I I I, I don't know which one of these guys, and I'll take a look really quick if they have any options. So they've both been used their options. So we'd have to put them in the major league roster. But Matheson, uh, you know, whatever else we have right now, we can make a move here. Do we want to go on Bolger or Liz? Um, what are they making? Bolger's making 875000 for one year. Liz is making 422000 for one year. And Liz was the one with the better overall rating too, right? Liz had a 30 overall rating, yes. Okay, so how do you feel about him? I'm fine with him. Um, I, I, I like the fact that he looks to be better than anybody else we have in the bullpen at this moment. Um, and I know that's not the best way to kind of make decisions, but according to the scouting, he is a bulldog, always willing to challenge hitters in the strike zone. He'll give up his share of taters, takes too much effort to locate his pitches, seen as a leader in the clubhouse. So, okay, so you take some good, you take some bad. But a leader in the clubhouse is good. That might be nice to have in the bullpen. I'd be, I'd be cool with this guy on, on the team. Yeah, I think it's worth, worth trying to snag him. All right, let's see if we can make the claim. It's been accepted. So we will see here. if uh, It has one day left, too, so we'll see really quickly whether we can put Radamus Liz on this team. The other bit of news I had to mention real quick was got a message that after losing the game against the Mets, Brian Stavisky had changed words with a heckling fan outside the ballpark. The fan taunted Stavisky about his performance, and Stavisky lashed out a tirade of expletives. Fans were upset by Stavisky's reaction, and many have asked the player and the team for an apology. Stavisky chose to make no comment on the matter. Were we playing in New York? We were at home. Oh, well, then that's not all right. See, if we were playing in New York, I'd say, well, that's just how people are there. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, that's, <laughs> that's not all right. No. You can't be doing that. You're not, you're not Ty Cobb. <laughs> you think. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I don't know if we can suspend a guy or anything like that. I don't know how that works here. Um, and it doesn't look like I can necessarily. So I don't know what we want to do here with him. I don't know. It's one of those things where, you know, I'm not sure, even just to, like, speak to the coding of the game, I'm not sure of the real significance that that, that bears. You know, will it affect clubhouse morale? Will clubhouse morale affect performance? I really don't know how it's coded. But fortunately, if we do decide to do something, uh, slotting out Stavisky and bringing up Mayberry, when, you know, it's not going to change the team too much. It wouldn't make the team much worse or much better. Uh, so there's an option there. 
Yeah, I mean he's he's playing he's playing decently well this year. He's got a 776 OPS, so I'm not I'm okay with him on the team right now. But just didn't know if there was anything we could do about him making terrible comments to our fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Uh, you know, if it's something that even we have to take into consideration. Yeah. Um, something we can talk about after the series against the Mets before we go on the road, I guess. But let's finish this series. Let's get this done, and let's see what we can do here in this final game of the series against the Mets. And we just got let's to do it. Mike Zagurski, by the way. It is bad. His elbow is torn, and it'll be 10 to 11 months. Wow. That's a shame. Yeah, that is a shame. That's sad for him. All right, let's finish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to be... <laughs> I don't mean to be glib, but we we, we need to finish the series. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Let's get to it. All right, it's going to be Johan Santana for the Mets. So Yippie Kaye, he has a 2.0 ERA against making his first start uh, as a Philly Bartolo Colon. What do you think the Vegas odds on this game would be for us to win? <laughs> I'd say we have. I mean, they're usually not that they're not that big for baseball games, right? So I think maybe it's like two and a half to one. <laughs> yeah, I really don't know. It's. I mean, you never know with the way that the way our team hits, at least. It's true. All right, let's do it, and it's a sweep. Oh. We'll get them later in the season. Six to three. Ugh, that sucks. How did Bartolo do? He gave up four runs in five innings, seven walks. <laughs> seven walks? So, like, the one thing that we said he would do well, he did not do well. Yeah. It, that's, oh, man. Jeepers. Howard went three for five. He's now 253. Ruiz went two for three. He's at 338. Good start. Man. So, we're now at seven and 17. It's a seven-straight win for the Mets. And how many games back are we right now? Eight. That's not good. I mean, you know, we've come back from worse. But um, at least, you know, in these last two series, we won three, we lost three. It sucks to get swept, especially by the Mets, but it's an improvement over the last couple weeks. So what do you think – what does that mean then for you? Are you – now at a place where you feel better about not wanting to pull a trigger or anything right now, or are you at 717 thinking maybe we should think a little bit harder about maybe the rotation or something? I still think that we need to figure out the rotation and the bullpen, but I, I'm not personally, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this too. Personally, I'm not thinking of it as having a fire sale. I'm not thinking of it as, uh, you know, selling our top ass- our assets in order to start a rebuild. I'm more thinking of how can we maintenance this team in order to be stronger, you know, more a more balanced team instead of hoping that we just hit enough home runs to win every day. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that. I think we do need to figure this out sooner than later because even if we do come back and make a nice little run and get back to 500, which, I God, I hope we do, um, we will need to be a better team all around. You're right. So um, I don't know if May is the time, but 
we're going to have to be very judicious here and see how things go over the next, like, every week we have to be very judicious. If we go 0-6 in a week, I think that's the moment. You know, like, like we can't fall too far behind, I would say. Yeah, I think so. One thing that we can start doing, too, is shopping some players around and seeing what teams offer in return for them, you know. So maybe, you know, we talked about Jason Worth earlier. Maybe we, we shop him around and see if there's a team who's willing to give us, you know, a, a, an ace-quality starter. Or maybe a guy like Ibanez or Matt Stairs, you know, you wouldn't get a top-of-the-line starter, but maybe you could get a couple decent starters or a decent starter and you know, like a like a high-risk reliever or something like that. So it wouldn't be a complete teardown or anything like that, but it would balance us out a little bit. Well, all those things we'll talk about next week a little bit more. We'll also have to talk about some 40-man roster moves we'll have to make. We just found out that Radamus Liz has uh, cleared waivers, and so we have him. Not clear waivers. We got him through waivers. So he's on the team. We'll have to put him on the 40-man. We'll figure that out. And... Um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to kind of just piece some things together here before we take on the Cardinals, who are 18-9. and nine. So it just never ends here for the Philadelphia Phillies in 2009, huh? That's going to be a bloody series, isn't it? <laughs> Rodrigo Lopez is on the mound to start the series. <laughs> oh, well, then that changes everything. No, we got this. Well, he, I mean, he's going to earn that extension right away. I mean, honestly, if he has a quality start or better, then I might say, you know what? Here is the league minimum for one more year. <laughs> we'll give him four hundred and ninety million. <laughs> four hundred ninety. We're so generous. Million thousand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next week it'll be St. Louis. We have the Mets again, and then we'll finish off with a series against the Braves. It's a weird uh, week of baseball, but we'll try to cut through it. Until then, Dan, are you happy with how things are going with the Phillies? I no, no, I'm not. But I, I know that that's the question that we want to end on every week. But I just, I just hope that one of these weeks, one of these weeks, I can say yes. It's not this week. Hopefully, it will be next week. All right, Dan. I will see you then.